0: Would you please open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 3, 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. It's on page 858, if you're using the pew Bibles there provided for you, page 858, 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. I'm excited to be before you this morning, share God's Word with you, and uh, we've got a little bit of a different format that I'm excited to uh, show you a little bit later, but uh, right now we're going to take a look at the text of Scripture and before we do, I'd like to ask for the Lord to open our eyes and hearts uh, that we may understand what He wants us to see this morning from His Word. Let's bow in prayer. Father, we do thank You so much that you are, you are a powerful God and the name of Your Son, Jesus Christ, is powerful. And He's given us a powerful Word, a Word that's living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And so, Father, we're asking uh, that that living Word would pierce our hearts today. Uh, I don't want to just hear the words of Scripture. I want to. I want to see it for what they really are. Your Your word to us. Open our eyes. Open our ears, that we may behold wonderful things out of your law, and that we'd be transformed by it today. We love you. Thank you for your word. Show us the way in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Well, right in the middle of a series right now called tri- uh, Excuse me, triumphing in troubled times from the book of First Peter, triumphing in troubled times. And in case you haven't noticed, we live in troubled times, don't we? (laughs) But we can triumph through Jesus Christ, through that powerful name that we just sung about. And so we've been looking at this great salvation. And Peter, the apostle, is describing a great salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. And this great salvation causes us to want to live a holy life as we anticipate. And we wait for Jesus Christ to return, which is our hope which is our treasure. And we have a very precious, precious faith. And not only that, but we are called a precious people. We saw in First Peter chapter 2 that God actually calls us his chosen people, a precious people, a holy nation. Several weeks ago, we, we transitioned in this book just a little bit as we saw that we're a precious people. And we saw, you know what? This great salvation that we have, we're called to put it on display. Pastor Phil had a title of the sermon called Gospel Show and Tell." We tell people the good news about what Jesus Christ has done for us and then we put it on display in the way we live our lives. Gospel show and tell. And that's what Peter's telling his audience here. They live in, they live in modern day Turkey and Asia Minor and they live under a Roman government that is frankly pretty hostile to them. Uh, doesn't really like the fact that they're followers of this way. Followers of Jesus Christ. And so they're living under this hostility and Peter says, live out the gospel in every aspect of your life. Put it on display. Tell people about it and live it out. And so we started here. How do we live it out? First uh, Peter chapter 2 verse 12 says, live such good lives among the pagans so that they accuse you of doing wrong. They may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. The way we live out our lives is supposed to be attractive. Now, they may hate us. The world may hate us. Jesus promised his disciples, they're going to hate you on account of me. They may hate us for our holiness, but I think our love and compassion will actually be attractive to them. The way we live out our lives, gospel show and tell. Peter goes on to say, this is how you're going to live that out. And he says, I want you to submit. Wow, is there anything more countercultural right now than submission? Submitting? We see uh, there in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13, he says, "...submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every human authority." Every human authority, to the emperor, to, uh, to, to the government, uh, to everybody. "...show proper respect to everyone, love the family of believers, fear God, honor the empo- uh, emperor," verse 17 says. Last week we saw that in the case of first century, uh, the, the people were called, some of them were slaves... They were, they were under this, this economical system where actually people were owned as property, which is, I think, an abomination, but it was the reality of the world that they were living in. And so some of them were slaves, and so he said, As a slave, I want you to submit to your masters that you have over you. And we saw that today, thanks be to God, that that kind of economic system has been abolished in our country. But how do we apply that today? Well, many of us have jobs, and we've got bosses, don't we? So Pastor Larry showed us how we're to entrust ourselves to Jesus Christ and submit to our employers. And now we get to chapter three, verse one. Chapter three, verse one, and I'm going to read it for us right now. First Peter three one says, Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. When they see the purity and reverence of your lives, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. You are her daughters if you do what is right, and do not give way to fear. This is the word of the Lord. Amen? Amen. And, uh, you know, I didn't get my bulletproof vest in time from Amazon. I ordered it, but, uh, you know, I got to call them up, find out why I didn't get shipped in time. <laughs> no, this is the word of the Lord, and it, it, is, it is definitely countercultural. And, and maybe even you're sitting in the pew today, and this is just like... This is like noise to your ears. It's piercing to your ears. This may go against everything that you've grown up thinking and believing. This may go uh, go against everything that you've been educated in that wives ought to submit to their husbands. Uh, But before we look at that, I'd like to establish this because sometimes we get so caught up in this submission and and the roles of husbands and wives that that we forget that first and foremost God is Through his gospel reveals the worth, the equal worth of women and men. I'm going to say it again. The gospel reveals the equal worth of women and men alike. So before we look at this submission, I think it would be helpful to remind ourselves that God is passionate to show us that men and women are equal in his sight. Genesis 1, 26 to 27 first tells us this. Talking about creation. When God created Adam and Eve, listen to what God says here in Genesis 1, 26 to 27. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over all the livestock and the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind, or humankind, in his own image, In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. So at the very foundation, in the very first days of human history, we see that God creates humankind in His image, and He creates man in His image, and He creates woman in His image. The very foundation of understanding the Scriptures, when it talks about uh, men's roles and women's roles, is to understand that they are both created equally in God's image. Secondly, we see that men and women equally have the same access to salvation, the very same access to salvation. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians 3:28 talks about this. It says in Galatians 3:28, <clears throat> excuse me, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, not now, excuse me, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Same access of salvation, friends. There isn't one way that says men have this special, special way into the kingdom and maybe a few women will get in. No, no, the doors are blown wide open. And this was revolutionary in the days of Paul and of Jesus and of Peter. This was absolutely revolutionary. You see, in the court of the temple, there was a a section for the Gentiles and a section for the women, but it was the men who could get closest to the presence of God. But because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, he says there is access to all. The gospel levels the playing field so that all could come to this great salvation, equal access for men and women. Glory be to God. And turning back to our text, this is amazing too. The gospel reveals the equality of men and women in this way 1 Peter 3 7, and we're going to look at this next week, but I just would like to briefly see. It says, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives, and treat them with respect as the weaker partner, and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life. Ha! Not only do you have equal access to the salvation, but you have the equal status. That a firstborn son would have in the kingdom. There is no uh, class system here in the kingdom of God. If you come through Jesus Christ, you have direct access to God and you are co heirs with Christ. So we see first and foremost the gospel reveals the equal worth of men and women. So then, what of submission? What is this submission? What does submission mean? I, I would pose to you that submission means this. It's, it's voluntarily, voluntarily placing oneself under the authority of another. Submission is voluntarily placing oneself under the authority of another. And we've seen that already in, in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13. We saw that... All of us, men and women, are, submit, are to submit ourselves to the authority of the emperor, or the authority of the, the human authorities, the government. That's our calling. That's what we're called to, men and women alike. This is not a unique uh, a command for just women alone to submit. Men and women alike are called to submit. And that's done voluntarily. We're not to be forced to do it. We shouldn't have to have our arms twisted or to be threatened in order to submit to every human authority, but we're to do it voluntarily, out of honor for the Lord Jesus Christ. It says there, for the Lord's sake, for Him. You may disagree with the, the one over you, but for the Lord's sake, submit. And we saw the same thing in verse 18. Slaves in reverent fear of God, of God, for His sake, Submit yourselves to your masters. And now we come to, to this verse of submission. Voluntarily placing oneself under the authority of another. This is a wife saying, For the sake of the Lord, I'm willing voluntarily to submit myself to the authority of my husband. Not for his sake, but because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And that's what my Lord and Savior has called me to do. Uh, Colossians 3.18, if you'd like to turn there. Colossians 3.18 talks about this submission. It says, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. It's appropriate. It's fitting, not because men are smarter, not because men are wiser, not because men have more skill, but because it's fitting in the Lord. This has nothing to do with qualifications. It has everything to do with the fact that God brings order out of chaos if you know if you've seen this world this world is full of confusion in fact some parents are so confused they don't even know what to tell their children what gender they are they're afraid to tell them if if a boy comes out biologically a boy I'm afraid to tell them that they're a boy if they come out biologically as a girl I'm afraid to tell them that they're a girl. I'm afraid to to know that, that there's distinctions between men and women. I'm afraid of all that. But here we have the good news of Jesus Christ that says, I want to give you order out of all this chaos and confusion. I want to tell you how it is to please and to walk in a way that's worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we're going to see two things here about submission. First of all, submission reveals true beauty. Submission, Not that submission is, but it reveals true beauty. It reveals true beauty. You don't submit just for submission's sake, but hopefully that submission flows out of a heart that is truly being transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's take a look at verse 1 again of 1 Peter 3. Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands. Now the assumption here is that not all husbands are believing. It says, So that if any of them do not believe or obey the word, meaning the gospel, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. We as followers of Jesus Christ are to live distinctly with purity in our hearts and in our minds, with a reverence for God. And as that's lived out in the life of a godly woman, one who fears the Lord Jesus Christ, one who is secure in her identity in Him, as she lives that out, and she's already proclaimed the good news to Him, the assumption is is that he's heard the word, and he says, I don't think I could go there with you. I don't think I could be a follower of Jesus Christ. It's the beauty of her lifestyle then that kicks in and starts to show off and tell the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. She starts to live it out. She starts to say, you know what? Even if you're not willing to go there with me, I have a reverence for the Lord. And for His sake, I'm willing to submit myself to you. goes on to say in verse 3, your beauty should not come from outward adornment. It should not come from things such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be the inner uh, self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is the way holy women uh which is of great worth in god's sight excuse me it's it's this idea that that you know what you see somebody walking down the street and you think you may know something about them and this is a huge temptation for all of us but especially for us men we want to gaze at a beautiful woman and we think we know a lot about her by her figure, by her beauty, by her, fi- by her looks, by her hair, maybe by her scent, maybe by her clothes, her jewelry, her hair. We think we know something about her. This kind of beauty, that, that kind of beauty fades away, frankly, doesn't it? It does, right? That kind of beauty is, is there for a moment, but it's fleeting. But the kind of beauty that this passage is talking about is the kind of beauty that you would never see just by seeing somebody walk down the street. It's the kind of beauty that you see as you get to know somebody. It's the inner beauty that comes out. It's the kind of beauty that shows itself off as patient and kind and loving and compassionate and righteous. And specifically here, it's the beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. Now, that inner beauty, it's not worth a whole lot to this world. I mean, there's some value there, but not much. But as we look at advertisements, and we see television commercials, and we hear messages, it's all about buying this product, getting that product, having that procedure done. Why? To preserve that outer beauty that could fade away. And that may be worth a lot to you from your point of view. But what God says is worth a lot to him. What is so valuable is not the beauty that we all see as someone walks down the street, but it's the kind of beauty that you see when you see their inner life and when you see their inner beauty. Ladies, this is good news. The inner beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. This is the kind of beauty that won't ever fade away. In fact, it will start to grow and become more and more beautiful. And it will adorn the good news of Jesus Christ. This kind of godly behavior, it's like wearing a beautiful necklace around your neck so that everybody can see, I am a follower of Jesus Christ and he is worth following. It's the kind of beauty that shows off his beauty. It's the kind of beauty that shows him off. It's not there to draw attention to yourself, but it's the kind of beauty that says, I want people to see Jesus when they see me. Inner beauty. Submission reveals true lasting beauty that's valuable in God's sight and this unfading beauty is of a gentle and quiet spirit a gentle and quiet spirit now that word gentle there it's fascinating to me I was looking at this and I thought it's got to be some sort of gentle feminine quality but as I looked at it that word gentle is used of somebody else Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 to 29, Jesus says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I'll give rest for your souls. Come, take your yoke upon, my yoke upon yourselves, for I am gentle and lowly in spirit. Jesus calls himself gentle. And guess what? When you look down here at 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 4, The beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit It has everything to do With the gentility of Jesus Christ Gentleness Gentleness should mark all of us As we get to know Jesus And ladies The gentleness of Jesus Christ Could come out of you And that is the lasting inner beauty That God says I love looking at her She is beautiful She looks like my son well, the second part here, it says it's, a, it's the beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. And this brings us to the second part. Submission first reveals true beauty. Secondly, submission flows from strength, not weakness. Did you hear me? Submission flows from strength, not weakness. Again, it says the beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. Now, at, at first glance, to me, it says, does that mean that ladies should just keep quiet? seems kind of ridiculous to me but as I looked at it I I was wondering is this what you're saying Lord he said no this is the kind of word that's used there for quiet it's it's this idea when when all is chaotic when things are out of control there's this confidence this strong confidence that doesn't have to raise my voice and raise a ruckus but it says you know what no matter what happens in my circumstances I can be quiet and trust in my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ friends this isn't weakness this is strength. This is, the weak person is the one that says, things are out of control for me. I've got to raise chaos to get things back into my grip. But this kind of inner beauty says, first of all, it's gentle and it's strong enough to say, my confidence is in my master. My confidence is in my Lord. My confidence is in my savior. My confidence is in my king. He's the one that I'm trusting in. And so we see that the submission reveals true beauty, we see that this submission flows from strength and not weakness. This is how the holy women of the past, verse 5, uh, who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. Now, our Abraham, he's the father of our faith, but there were a couple of times he was a real scoundrel. <laughs> Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 20 describes situations where Abraham's actually leading Sarah First into Egypt and then into the area of the Philistines. And he says, I'm afraid they're going to kill me because you're a beautiful woman, Sarah. And they may take my life away so that they can have you. So here's what I'm going to do. We're going to go there and we're going to say, you're my sister. What? Are you kidding me? This is ridiculous. But here, Sarah is gentle and quiet. And she may be thinking, this fool could get us into a lot of trouble. But you know what? I am trusting I'm trusting in the God of my husband. He may not be trusting right now, but I'm going to trust in him. There's a strength. And you know what God did? God protected her. God sent a vision, and he sent a plague, and he said, I'm going to take care of my daughter. Abraham, you're not doing a very good job, but I'm going to take care of her. So having this gentle and quiet spirit says, I can trust in God to protect me, even when I feel like my husband isn't looking out for my best interests. This is strength, friends. This is true beauty. I met with a sister in Christ this week. Her name is Barbara Wilkins. She's a precious member of this church. She regrets she couldn't be here this morning. She's out of town. But she was sharing with me that she came to Christ in 1994. She was married in 1990, came to Christ in 1994. And and she and her husband, they loved to party. But when Jesus Christ came into her heart, something changed, something transformed. And, And she wanted her husband, Mike, to come to Christ And she prayed for him, and she told him, and she called him, come to Christ, come to Christ. She was praying one day, and and as she finished praying, she could almost get a sense that the Spirit was speaking to our heart. And this is what she heard. Be a godly wife. Be a godly wife. And it took her by surprise. She said, well, Lord, I want to be a godly wife, but would you save my husband? No, no, be a godly wife. And so she started just to change her perspective and say it's not about him changing first, it's about me. And as she changed her heart, as she changed her uh, perspective, as she changed her respect for her husband, all of a sudden her husband's heart started to change. Barbara, you know what? Are you going to church on Sunday? Well, yeah. Can I go with you? You see, her husband was won over by the beauty of the inner life of her wife of his wife, excuse me, as she was submitting to him. She said this, how can I expect my husband to lead if I'm not willing to submit? Inner beauty. Inner beauty. As I saw and talked with Barbara, just this inner beauty and the love of Jesus Christ just came out of her. It It was awesome to see. This is of great worth in God's sight. Now this is what the text means. Submission is first revealing true beauty, submission flows from strength and not weakness but there's still a lot to be had about this conversation and i don't feel that i'm fully qualified to have that full conversation and so i'd actually like to invite some folks up here uh, we're going to have a panel Q&A, a little bit of a, of a different scenario this morning. And so I've got five uh, ladies of this church that have agreed to come up, and we're going to have a little bit of a discussion, and I, I hope that it blesses you. And so keep your ears open. Uh, so I'm going to invite uh, Carolyn Howard to come on up. She's been married to Philip for 54 years. I'd like to invite Dolores Wiley up. She's been married to, to Otis for 48 years. And Della Orozco, she's been married to Charlie for 49 years And my wife, Laura Nicosia, we've been married for 16 years And Julie Latabodier, and and she and Timothy have been married for uh, 6 years And so we're going to have a conversation here All right, we need to grab you some mics, ladies Pardon the silence here for a few minutes. All right, ladies, thanks for joining us this morning. We're so blessed to have you. We, we met for a few hours the other night, and I wish I could have recorded that entire conversation. But what was exciting to me is that they all said, you know what? This could just be the start of a broader conversation excuse me, a conversation to help our ladies follow Jesus Christ in this world in triumph and troubled times, right? So let's get into the questions so we can give you opportunities to share. Uh, The first question that we'd like to discuss today, what challenges related to submission have you faced in your marriage? What challenges to submission have you faced in your marriage? And I think, Dolores, would you kick us off?
1: Good morning.
0: (laughs) Oh, let me turn it on for you.
2: Good morning, everyone. I, um... I think the challenge uh, for me is that um, we come to Jesus Christ with a lot of baggages, even in marriages and relationships. And I um, come from a background, I was raised in Louisiana, and the, um, the positive women in my lives um, were very strong-willed women. They uh, knew how to... Um, to go out and get the bacon, bring it home, fry it, cook, and uh, feed us. And the men kind of did some of those things, but what I mostly saw was the woman doing that. And so when you come into a relationship with a husband, you've already developed some um, tools in which you feel that's how you are to respond as a Christian woman. And of course, I am not an easygoing individual who is laid back. I'm very um, outspoken, assertive. And my husband on the other end is very quiet, gentle, uh, loving. And I tell you, I came in thinking I was going to whip him (laughs) into shape. And um, that's how we come when we are babes and we don't realize and recognize what submission really means. And that was a challenge to me. And um, so um, for many years um, as I was growing, um, I still had some of those attitudes and uh, I had a lot of things to overcome. And I struggled with that. And um, you see me today, uh, you see me Uh, as an individual who God has whipped me into shape. And I tell you, a lot of times I came kicking and screaming because I didn't want to be um, in that kind of mode. I wanted to be the same kind of person that I was um, when my mom and my aunt was training me. Be aggressive, speak out, uh, talk up for yourself. And then when you become married, The roles change and I needed to change and I tell you I will later on tell you um, how God uh, whipped me into shape but right now that's the kind of um, thing that I wanted you to look at when you look at me I have I am saved by grace Mm -hmm. but it's a process Mm -hmm. we walk day by day and God allows us to change and as we get into the Word of God and we began to look at the word, we began to recognize that some of these things need to fall off. Mm. And they fell off, but sometimes they fell off with a big thud. And I thought, oh no, I like who I am. But God had a plan for me, and he began to work that plan out in my life. And I'm glad about it. I wasn't at first, because I kinda like being, a sister who sat up and said, no, I don't like that and I'm not going to do it and you can't make me and that's it. <laughs> and God began to say that is not what I've called you to do. I've called you to be submissive. I've called you to be loving. I've called you to be gentle. And um, slowly and slowly I came to that, um, that place where God was able to, to uh, speak to me and I listened.
0: Beautiful.
3: Um, good morning, everyone. So similarly to Dolores, um, I grew up in a single-family home um, with my mom and two sisters. My dad didn't live with us, and um, I never really saw submission between a husband and a wife. Um, and very similar to Dolores, I have a lot of strong women in my family. Um, they speak up, they're assertive, they're aggressive. Um, there's not many saved, so um, we grew up just emulating that same exact behavior, uh, my sisters and I. So uh, when I got married to Tim, it was a shock to me because I had never um, seen that in in my life with a husband and a wife, or even really with anybody. We kind of just did what we wanted and took care of ourselves and. Um, So I've learned and am still learning um, what it means to submit, and I'm here to tell you guys that I'm not great at it. Um, I struggle with it. It's probably the biggest thing and struggle that I have um, in my walk with God. It's not easy for me, and I buck up against it, and um, I'm just thankful that I have a patient husband who um, is kind and knows that I'm working on that with God, and I intend to uh, please him and be honorable to him um, that's my goal so I'm hoping that years down the road I can say the same thing and um, I'm still, still trying and still, right. it's still a process
0: thank you for your transparency yeah. Yeah. let's move on to the next question here so what are some misconceptions that you've had about submission misconceptions about submission Mrs. Howard you want to take this one
4: well good morning yes um, in the early days of the, this church Well, I was just like 26 years old, 27, 28, okay. We, um, submission was a big word, and um, I wanted to be submissive, but one of the things I thought submission was, was I thought it was silence. I thought I had to be quiet and not speak up, and that's wrong. Silence is not submission. Submission is not Silence. Um, and so I struggled with just being quiet. And, um, you know, when you just stuff and stuff, you know what happens. Sometime the lid flies off. <laughs> so that is not a good way um, to communicate in a marriage. So I had to learn to be assertive. And I learned that assertiveness is a good word. Aggressive is not such a good word when you're assertive you speak your mind but you don't hurt anyone or attack anyone when you're being assertive when you're being aggressive you don't care what you say or who you might hurt so i had to learn the difference and i had to learn to speak up so the misconception i had about submission was that it was silence so you can ask my husband i stopped being so silent in our relationship.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: Laura, did you want to share on this as well? Well, um... Oh, Dolores, go for it, yeah.
2: I, uh, Did you say
0: Laura? Yeah, I did, but go for it. I know you <laughs> wanted to share some. Okay, <laughs> Laura, go ahead.
5: Um, I would say similar to, um, to Mrs. Howard, although I don't know if it was necessarily specifically, I felt like, to be submissive, meant silent, um, I just don't like conflict, I like to be at peace, and, um, so I would just rather not argue, and, um, so I just, for about the first six years of our marriage, I just wouldn't engage, I, uh, just kind of laid over and died and let him win all the arguments, because I didn't want what could be a 15-20 minute argument turning into a three-day argument where we were at odds. Um, And so about six years into marriage, the Lord showed me that um, he wanted me to be a peacemaker, not a peacekeeper. Peacekeepers try to keep peace when there isn't any peace. Um, And peacemakers recognize that there is no peace right now, and they're willing to do the work to bring about peace Um, that isn't currently there. And so sometimes uh, that work is hard and not peaceful to get to the place of peace. So, um, yeah. Thank you. So
0: so some of the the biblical concepts of submission, wives submitting to their husbands, it's viewed by the world with disdain. And oftentimes the, the concept, the conception is that it's it's just means that wives have to be a doormat to their husbands, right? And so we saw in the text today that, that you know there's this inner beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. So the question is, how do we how how do you display a gentle and quiet spirit without necessarily being a doormat? Carolyn, do you have anything to say to that?
4: <laughs> sure. Uh, well, um, I had an experience one time. Uh, Philip and I were on our uh, he asked me if I would um, allow his uh, class of young seminarians to ask me any question they want to ask about being a pastor's wife. And at first I said, no, I'm not going to do that. Then I felt bad and I needed to submit. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll do that. So uh, this was at a seminary in Los Gatos. And so uh, I went into that class of young seminarians. And one uh young man asked me, he said, Mrs. Howard, how, and of course he wasn't married, he said, how are you uh, training your daughters to be submissive? And I thought about it for a minute, and I said, you know, I'm not training them to be submissive. The Holy Spirit is going to have to teach them that, but I said, I am training them to be assertive so they won't be a doormat, because they need to speak up for themselves, And so um, I really do believe that, that women do need to speak up, but you can speak up and still be submissive. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Ladies, I'll open it up. How how do you display a gentle and quiet spirit without being a doormat?
5: I was really convicted about that six-year period, like I was talking. Um, The Lord showed me that I'm supposed to be a helpmate to my husband. And um, by not holding the mirror up, by not engaging, by not standing for what uh, I felt the Lord was calling me to and believe, I wasn't sharpening my husband as iron sharpens iron. I was I was honestly lying to my husband. I thought I was doing a good thing. Um, to be quiet and to not engage and have that peace but really what the Lord showed me was I was being dishonest and deceitful I was misrepresenting my thoughts, my feelings and um, I was not allowing myself to be used uh, as a helpmate to my husband in his life to help him become the man that God wanted him to be and I wasn't being the woman that God wanted me to be and so I um, We fought a lot that year as uh, I found my voice and kind of figured out the right way to do that, and uh, I'm still working on it, but um, I found that my husband really didn't, he didn't want to be patronized. He wanted the truth. He wanted uh, a strong and truthful and honest partner so that uh, we could walk together and Um, So I would encourage you, if you're a woman who has a hard time uh, speaking truth, pray and trust the Lord to help you uh, pick the right time, and uh, be honest, because there's growth for both you and your husband, and uh, we've seen a lot of blessing. So we've, we've
0: talked about the, the misconceptions and the challenges of submission. So let, let's take a moment now to talk about what does submission look like. And I'd actually like to hear from Della now. Submission, uh, Della, what has submission looked like for you in your walk with Jesus?
1: Well, just uh, for a little background of uh, my life, um, you know, I was raised uh, by a mother who was, uh, was very uh, strong and um, strong opinionated very domineering and uh, controlling. So, as I grew up, you know, it kind of smashed me down, kind of uh, made me, um, it's the opposite of what you went through, Dolores. And and, um, so, I stopped a lot of things growing up because whenever I opened up, I would get blasted for my opinion and stuff. So when I got married, um, a lot of that went into my marriage. I learned to, I, because I was trained to stuff it and keep it inside, it was hard for me to talk to, uh, to Charlie, you know. And when I started talking to him, you know, um, uh, it was difficult because um, he didn't understand me and I couldn't understand him we couldn't come to resolve uh, our issues. So um, as time went on, we had children, and I continued to try and talk to him, and I I felt like I had no voice in the house. Charlie's a very strong person, a strong opinion, and, um, and, and not always so gentle. So I, I had a tough time in our marriage. We've been married 49 years now, and God has transformed him and transformed me. But with my issues, being we couldn't get them resolved. I felt a lot of anger, a lot of hurt, a lot of frustrations. And I learned to take them to the Lord. I said, Lord, I can't talk to this man. We can't get anything resolved. He doesn't understand me, and I don't understand him. And many times, um, we were saying the same things, but in different ways, and didn't realize. We just didn't understand each other, and we'd get to the end and say, well, that's what I said. He says, well, that's what I mean. I go, oh, okay. Well, we just don't understand each other. I don't know what's wrong with us, you know. But many times I took it to the Lord with a a broken heart, and I said, God, I don't know how to talk to this man. I don't know how to get him to listen to what I'm saying or to understand me. You need to speak for me, Lord. You need to help me in this area. Um, I'm not a really bold person because I feel like my words were not worth much, And I got, I think I got that from home. I never felt worth uh, much because nobody listened. And they didn't give my words value. I wasn't validated. And as being married, I didn't feel validated, didn't feel I had a voice in our home. So I took it to the Lord. I said, Lord, you speak for me. You help me, Lord. I don't know what to do. I'm at a point where it feels hopeless to, to advance this marriage, to, to grow together with my husband. And um, as I prayed, you know, I said, Lord, I'm just going to... Uh, I read in the word, you know, in Ephesians 5.22, submit, submit, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. And I thought about that. I thought, Lord... I can do that. I won't call him Lord, but I will submit to him because unto you. And so as I did that, you know, God was really good. He answered my prayer. He spoke for me. And I'll give you a couple examples. My husband used to meet with Pastor Rich Rollins, and he would come home many times and tell me exactly what I had in my heart to tell him. And God started changing him. And I just started feeling, Lord, you're doing what I can't do. Another, another time was I was dead asleep in bed. And I don't know what he was doing. I, he was either sleeping or, or reading. And he woke me up. I know he remembers this. He woke me up at 3 in the morning. And he says... Lover. I go, what? He says, am, am I rude? I go, hello. <laughs> and, and I went back to sleep, and the next day, he proceeded to tell me what the word was telling him. Thank you, Lord, you're speaking to him. Another time was, you know, a lot of you women probably can identify with me when you're driving the car and he's sitting next to you he's a backseat driver sitting next to you in the front seat well Charlie would always tell me which way to go what to do and he'd get upset with me because I didn't do something right and it would make me really nervous inside so one, one day um, I was with him and he says you know I had a dream last night I go you did he goes yeah he said I had a dream that we were driving together, and you were driving, and I was just giving it to you. He says, and, it, you know, in, in that moment, I could see he could feel what I was feeling. And he says, do I make you feel that way? I said, yes. And, and he apologized. He says, I'll never do that again. It was God speaking for me, and I thank him for that. So, you know, um, the question is, what has submission looked like for me? You know, in, in, um, it, it's, it, when you're frustrated and angry, you can't, it's hard to submit. But unto the Lord, you can do it. So it was easy for me to be upset and say, Lord, I will submit to my husband unto you, Lord it's so much easier to submit to him because he gives me such value. He listens to me. When I speak to him, he's like right there. You know, husbands are there, but they're everywhere in their mind, but he is right there when I'm speaking to him. So I have a voice in my house. I have a big voice in my house, and I thank the Lord for that. Beautiful. Thank you. So, Dolores, I'll, I'll give you about a minute if you want to
0: add, add to that because I know you wanted to, to follow up with what you had said earlier.
2: All right. I was um, listening to um, Della, and I just, I admire women who, um, who are so, have that sweet spirit, and uh, they, um, they want to nurture their husbands. Um, but um, I had a struggle with um, nurturing because I was so busy um, doing my own thing, in a sense, because um, I knew where I wanted to go, I knew how I wanted to do it, Um, and uh, when I uh, began to grow in Jesus Christ, I began to just, um, I became what I thought God wanted me to be. I was um, going to um, different conferences, I was reading books, and one day I read about being submissive. And that deflated me because uh, I thought I was doing all the things that I wanted to do. And then I discovered that I was probably my husband's worst enemy. I, would, um, I was not encouraging him in the way the Lord wanted me to. And so I had to um, take another look at that. I had to start, um, instead of me taking a leadership role, I took a back seat. And I began to encourage him to, um, to do um, things and to, to, to take leadership roles. And um, he was hesitant because he was not raised that way. He was not raised like me. He was raised in a family where his father was very domineering very um, and took it out on the kids. And um, he w- was raised in a family where you couldn't even raise your voice to your father. He was raised in a home where if you broke a dish, that was um, a way of getting a beating. And so um, when I began to look at that, I began to say this is not what I as a wife need to do in order to build my husband up. So when people would ask me to do things, I'd say, oh, ask Otis to do it, he can do it too. Or if uh, we were going somewhere, um, he would say, what do you want to do? And I said, what do you want to do? And as a result, he began to start making decisions and I began to follow. And that's what is so important for us women today who are very strong Will. Uh, that we recognize that maybe our husbands need to take the leadership role we need to back up and encourage them love them and uh, compliment them when they do something right and even when they don't do it right and he said uh, I blew that I said oh I I think I would have done the same thing even though I probably wouldn't have (laughs) But uh, (laughs) I needed to encourage him and I am learning in um, Ways to encourage Otis to um, to step out. He's still easygoing. He's still soft-spoken. Yeah. He's still loving, but he is growing, and I'm yeah. watching him grow. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.
0: We have yeah. to run, so I got one more question.
2: So, Julie, uh,
0: how how do we develop the inner beauty? How do the wives in- develop an inner beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit? You could take um, us. Home. I'll try
3: to go quick. Yeah. Um, So for me, I think, like you were saying, the world puts a lot of emphasis on outward beauty and there's little to none um, on the heart. Um, And so I think I've struggled with that as well, where um, I've felt convicted from the Holy Spirit when getting ready and, you know, putting on makeup or doing my hair, and um, I hear God tell me as I'm literally looking in the mirror um, applying makeup, you look nice, but have you spent any time with me? Um, and I feel that you know that the heart God puts such emphasis on that he says um, in Jeremiah 17 he searches the heart he looks at um, the inward things and not at the outward appearance and, and I think the way that we develop that as women is by trying to emulate Christ um, do what he did um, he washed the disciples feet he was humble he was um, not concerned with his position so I think that um, walking in the spirit, um, displaying fruits of the spirit, um, being in the word, praying, um, meditating on his word. Uh, those are the ways that we can develop um, a gentle and quiet spirit. And it doesn't have to be um, like you don't have a voice. It's just, um, it's it's strength in your quietness. And um, I think that that will be displayed um, when you're doing
0: those things. Beautiful. Yeah. Let's give these ladies a round of applause. Thank you so much. So, so we're, out of time, we're out of time today, and, I, and I, these ladies will be here down on the front. If you have some follow-up questions you'd like to ask them, they're here. If you need prayer or would like to talk about becoming a follower of Jesus Christ, we're here for you. I, I'd like for the ladies, though, if you'd all stand up in the room, we'd like to pray a prayer of a blessing over you. And Della, would you lead us in that,
1: please? Oh, yeah. Father, we come to you today, and we thank you for your, for your loving care for us women. For your elevation that we are not beneath anything Lord you rise us up Lord with strength through your word I pray Lord for those women who feel that their hopeless situations cannot turn around help us to give them to you and the strong woman that she would balance her strength and her submission Lord because it takes strength to submit We just praise your holy name. I pray for those uh, single women and the single mothers that have um, situations that they can't see a way out. Help them to trust you and, and ask you, Lord, to meet their needs. It doesn't happen right away, Lord. There's periods that we have to wait, but in this waiting period, you develop our patience. Help us to be patient with waiting for you, Lord, because it's always timely. You know the perfect time to answer us. And it's usually when we understand and grow a little and appreciate the answer. We I ask, Lord, that you be with the women in this church, that you bless them and give them the encouragement, help them to find um, a mentor. If they need someone to come alongside them to help them to grow, Lord. I had Frances Sylvester. She gave me such encouraging words and I carry them in my heart. Even though she's with you, Lord, I never forget what she's told me. It's helped me, it's helped me take that next step, Lord, and pointed me to you. I praise you and I thank you for all these things, Lord, in your precious son's name. Amen. Amen. Thank
0: you again. You're dismissed. If you need someone to pray with, we've got some folks down here. God bless you. Have a good Lord's Day.